everybody. Hope you all are having a great Monday night. Um, I have not put out an episode recently just because not that much has been going on and I don't have that much to say, but I'm going to try to cobble together some thoughts for you all tonight. So first of all, today is my little brother's birthday. He is 19, um, which is crazy. I obviously remember when he was born, when he was a little baby. Um, he's, yeah, in college, uh, as, I, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, crushing it. And yeah, so it's an exciting day for that reason. Other stuff going on. So I think I was mentioning that I was Zooming like all the time. I had like three weeks of like like one to two Zooms a day almost every day, um, which was really fun. But recently, uh, I have kind of like a break, I guess. I um, Since I think Friday, I had my therapist appointment in the morning and I pretty much have not done a lot of socializing since then. Um, I have some, and then it's going to pick up again um, later this week. Um, So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I have some stuff going on, including some podcast interviews. Um, I know I was going to post the interview with Lauren um, on Friday, but we ended up rescheduling. So that should still happen. Um, TBD exactly when, um, but I have uh, some other ones coming up as well that might spark your interest. So yeah, so things are, there's going to be more um, social stuff going on next, uh, starting Wednesday and into the weekend. And then um, Monday and Tuesday, I have doctor's appointments uh, and then things probably slow down again. But yeah, it's interesting um, kind of coming off that period of being super social and having just like a little bit more downtime. I literally like, I have very little to do, especially since I stopped um, with Spanish. But I have been, so yeah, I I just really worry about being boring when I'm describing <laughs> what I've been up to. Um, I want to, like, I think sometimes I have more kind of personal things to share and right now. I go through like waves and I think, you know, I was talking about like therapy and what I've learned and all of this stuff. And um, I think, I don't know, it might change like as I keep talking, but like right now I'm like, why would I, why would anyone care what I talked about in therapy? Just kind of feel like I've shared a lot of what, like the main things that I had to share. Um, I don't know, maybe more, maybe more will come out as I keep talking. Um So one thing I have been doing is continuing my um, wardrobe refresh. I I bought like a ton of stuff. I'm constantly like buying and then like returning most of it, trying things on, blah, blah, blah. Um, But now I have like a lot of really cute things that I'm excited about. Um, Hold on. Yeah, um, for the women who are, um, you know, who follow, like, different um, designers and stuff, 
I, my main staples are, the. I think the biggest one is Splendid. I got a bunch of new Splendid tops um, and some leggings and bathing suits. Um, also, um, a lot of like, just like sports, like sweats type brands like Under Armour, Marmot, or North Face, um, what else did I get? Oh, my friend, um, Kimmy, who will probably be making an appearance on the podcast as well, uh, recommended this brand to me, Vuari. Um, they make like really soft, comfortable leggings and joggers. Um, so I got one pair of leggings and one pair of joggers from them, which I really like. Um, yeah, just a bunch of stuff. I have a couple dresses from this brand, Karina, um, that another friend, um, Leanne, was telling me about. I still haven't decided if I'm going to keep them for sure because they're a little bit long for me, but otherwise they are look good. I don't know. Um, some cardigans, some other tops, a bunch of sweatshirts. Anyways, it's really exciting for me. Um... And I think, like, I think I was saying that I usually don't buy a lot of things um, for myself. Like, I'll just buy what I need, basically. But I tend not to, like, be super interested in, like, buying, like, fancy clothes or, like, I don't know, just, like, kind of splurging on anything. Um, But for some reason, I don't know if it's because I have more time on my hands now or what, but I'm, like, all of a sudden, or maybe it's just because I started buying things and now I just want, like, more and more all of a sudden, I'm like, ooh, I wish I could, like, wish I had, like, the level of money where I could buy, like, 10 pairs of these joggers, like, all in different colors. Or, like, wish I could, like, go and get, like, some really fancy Airbnb somewhere and stay there. Or I wish I could do therapy, like, four days a week instead of one day a week. Um, just basically all this stuff. That, like, if I had, excuse me, if I had more money, this is what I would do, which is kind of pointless exercise but yeah I don't usually like I'm usually like don't really think about that um yeah it's partially because if I had well anyways I'm not gonna get into that just some like financial stuff that is of little interest to anyone um so yeah so I've been like spending a lot of money on things (laughs) including that reclamation program that I bought. Um, Yeah, the clothes, planning on traveling all over the United States and visiting people as soon as I get the COVID vaccine, which actually might be pretty soon because in Massachusetts, there's a rule that if um, if you accompany somebody who's 75 plus to get their vaccine, you can also get the vaccine yourself. So every older person who's like accompanied by someone, I think it's like, should be like a family member or something. I don't remember what the exact rules are, but basically we have three grandparents. Um, I have three grandparents that all need to get the vaccine. Um, And so we're planning for my mom to go with one, or she already did. She already went with my grandma. They both got their first dose. And then my dad to go with my other grandma and me to go with my grandfather. Um, because my aunts and uncles have been able to get the vaccines in other ways. So basically, we're the ones that um, have yet to yet to get them. So we're when the new slots open up on Thursday, I'm planning to 
hopefully get one and go with my grandfather and we'll both get our first dose, then whatever, wait till the second dose, wait a few weeks, and then start traveling the globe. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, that is also obviously going to be expensive. So I just feel like last year I spent like no money. Um, so this year I'm like, whatever, I'm going to splurge a little bit and buy fun things for myself. And that's okay. Or I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Anyways, um, so yeah, clothes, stuff, just resting a lot. Um, I have a bunch of errands that I need to do that I've been somewhat making progress on. Um, let's see. Taxes, figuring out like my health insurance stuff, some 401k stuff, just random doctor's appointments, scheduling. Um, yeah, just a bunch of random, random errands that I feel like I, I'm sure we all have like a million of those little things that you just kind of keep chipping away at and then they just keep resurfacing. Okay, so I think I will maybe share a little bit um, since I don't have that much else to talk about. Oh, also, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, I, so I was talking to both of my grandmas today uh, about my podcast because they have both listened. One of, one of them, one of my grandmas, my dad's mom, she listened to all seven episodes two times each and or maybe more. <laughs> I think two times each. Um, and my mom's mom's more like, yeah, I listened to some of them. Um, but yeah, so they've both been listening. Um, and they were like, they had some interesting insights. My, my dad's mom was like, you know, I feel like you're really stuck in the past. Like you talk a lot about the past. And I thought that was a good observation. That's true. It's because I have so little going on right now. Um, and she also said, you know, it really sounds like you're just like, you know, really like craving this connection um, with other people. And that's kind of why you're doing the podcast. And that's what my other grandmother said, too. Um, and that's also totally true. So I feel like they just saw right through me. Um, or I don't know, maybe I've been more explicit about that than I think I've been. Um, so anyways, yes. Um, those are both true things. So, okay, because I have nothing else to share, I will talk a little bit about my latest discoveries from my therapy session from Friday. I'm just looking through my notes here. again. Uh, sorry, I took a little break there. Listen to what I'd already said and thought about whether I wanted to continue um, talking about like the self-development stuff, the illness experience, therapy, because I feel like I've talked a lot about that and I'm a little bit tapped out on it. Um, it just feels a little bit depressing 
and a little bit like I've gone through a lot of it already. But I also think probably that's just because I'm feeling like very kind of understimulated and bored and just like not, I don't know, like not like amazing mood wise. And so everything seems kind of boring and pointless. Um, so I think I'm going to push through and still share um, some of the things that I've been talking about in therapy. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of see how that goes. Before I do that, just a couple things on, on what I said in the first part of the podcast. Um, regarding the clothing brands, I would love to hear your suggestions for brands that you really like. Obviously, more pertinent if you're a woman. Um, I also, I have a lot of velvet, um, Vince Camuto and Tory Burch stuff. That's kind of, I would say like the other three brands that I, um, that I frequent or that I buy from fairly frequently. Um, yeah, I would be curious to hear what other brands people like as I kind of expand that. Um, I've also been buying makeup, which I like, I never wear makeup, maybe like lip gloss. I mean, if I'm like really going out somewhere, I will, but it's just very rare even before COVID. Um, but I've been experimenting with different like lip sticks and eye stuff. I don't know, I'm growing up. Um, oh, another thing I would want to get is like some really nice fancy earrings, which again, I would never have wanted like a year ago. So I don't know what's gotten into me. But yeah, might, might try to get some fancy jewelry. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, that's not that relevant. Um, what else is I going to add? I don't know. Okay. Let's get, let's get to the meat of the matter here. Oh, wait. Sorry. Two more funny things. Okay. Another podcast listener made the following two comments to me. First, he said that um, he asked me if I was dying. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, the podcast is kind of like something you would kind of leave for the world if you were dying and you wanted to like record all your thoughts for like posterity, um, which actually like I think that it it is a little like that. It is a little bit like leaving like a piece of myself but I'm not dying at all. <laughs> no. Um, but that was like an interesting frame, um, for the podcast. So that was one thing. And, um, the other thing that the same person said was that I should do, um, like tell my story at one of those moth events. Um, for those of you who don't know, they do like um, it's like a live storytelling event. Like it's people will go, um, you'll go and like, it's like going to like a theater thing for a few hours and everyone who wants to um, present a story on the topic, on that evening's topic will put their name into a hat and people have prepared their stories in advance and then um, 
they'll pick names out of the hat and people will get to share, the people whose names are picked get to share like a five minute story on the topic at hand, whether it's like loss or luck or I don't know, there's just like random topics. Um, love, whatever. Um, so yeah, so he was saying I should like tell my story in some kind of a, that kind of like a, context or like in some at some event like that which I think would be kind of cool I do think I have this performative side to myself that I don't let out very often and kind of is like has like this kind of skeptical like self-effacing and also kind of like dry humor um that I don't know there's just like a small part of me that's like that so I think an interesting idea and I'm going to consider it get ready world um okay so back to what I was going to talk about um which is what I've been doing in therapy um my last appointment on Friday so okay I think I was talking about in an earlier um well okay so a couple things I might have mentioned this in an earlier episode, but basically there's something that kind of struck me a few weeks ago about being sick. Um, I don't remember how I came to this. Maybe I read, I don't want to like plagiarize someone. I might have read something about this. Um, but be, Or like, I, yeah, I don't know exactly what made me think of it this way, but um, basically there's like the necessary suffering of illness, which is you don't feel good. Obviously, like that's going to hurt. Um or even, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really in pain, but that's going to feel uncomfortable if you don't feel good. Um, you know, if you don't, can't work out, your, your body's not going to feel good and you'll be potentially understimulated if you can't like do things around the house or like do your job. Like some suffering is like just part of illness. But then there's like an unnecessary suffering, um, which is kind of like the weight. And I think I've talked about this, like the weight of the illness, the weight of knowing that I'm sick. And I'm, like, not living, like, among the um, the healthy people, kind of. I'm living in this other existence, this other world of being sick. Um, and just the, the burden of that um, is kind of unnecessary. Like, I think my, I think it would make me feel better to not have that and I don't think I have to have that I think if I reach some kind of acceptance in a way with the illness which I thought I had kind of gotten to but apparently I haven't um then I can kind of release some of that burden and just live my life even within the illness in a way that's kind of the most the best life that I can make from the illness so we talked about that, um, which is interesting because we usually we talk about like my other issues like relationship stuff or like being overly rigid and perfectionist and stuff like that. We don't really talk about the illness. Um, but yeah, I was telling her that, um, that I kind of wanted to explore how to like let go of that like additional unnecessary suffering of illness. And... Um, I don't know, we talked about several different things. Um, one of them was just like in order to move forward, I need to 
grieve the life that I feel like I would have had if I hadn't gotten sick. And I do think that I thought I had like kind of accepted that this was my life now, but after talking to my therapist, um, I felt that it seemed like I really hadn't. And I actually like, okay, this is like personal, but I actually cried, I think for the first time, just purely about getting sick. Um, and just like, just like in sadness for like what my life could have been like if I, if I hadn't gotten sick and all the hopes and expectations I had for my life that were basically dashed when I got sick. Um, and I don't know, I, I really don't, I think because it wasn't like a sudden diagnosis or something like that, or like a hugely like sudden onset, I never really had time to like process that the life that I thought I was going to lead was basically gone and I can't kind of go back. I still think I had this magical thinking where I'm like, well, I could, you know, just like, like be 25 again and like start everything differently and like have my job experience be different and just like all the ways that I could live my life. Um, I still think I kind of like cling to that in a way. Um, so I don't know, I think like, so we talked about how part of it was like grieving and letting go of that, um, part that like pretend imagine life that I could have had. And instead, um, and like, if I let go, then I can like focus more on building this life. Um, yeah, it was like very cathartic to like really confront like how sad I was that I, um, that I didn't have that life anymore. My therapist actually cried too. Um, she's really, she's really wonderful. Um, so maybe I shouldn't have shared that about her. I guess I haven't said her name or anything. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I guess it's fine. Um, she... I don't know. She, yeah, she was, she was, she was just like very supportive. Um, but yeah, so that was like one of the things is just like how to like open up those emotions and like open up the grieving process in a way that I haven't really, um, grieved. Um, and then the other thing was like, how do we adapt to diff to things that happen to us? You know, if you, um, you know, you're like living in, in, a country, just like minding your own business, living your life. And then there's like a civil war and you get displaced or whatever. Um, how do you adapt to this completely, complete loss of your old life and a completely new life with different rules? Or, you know, I was thinking about like my grandparents coming to the United States and how they had to, like all the rules were different. You know, in Russia, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to behave and, you know, norms of behavior, totally different value system. Um, the language, obviously, um, you know, all their friends and connections. They were basically in their late 50s when they came to the U.S. And they had to start over again um, in a place where they didn't know the language. They hadn't worked. They didn't have the relationships. Um, and, and they felt kind of like outsiders and like people who are living on the periphery and not really experiencing American life fully because they didn't grow up here and 
they didn't have a chance to really like build full lives here. So they had this huge interruption at a relatively older age um, when adapt, you know, as you get older, obviously it gets harder and harder to adapt. Um, you know, people who are given um, really bad diagnoses um, for, you know, health things that they're told they only have like X amount of time to live. How do you adapt to that? Um, so I guess the point is there are all these ways that people's lives can take like a huge turn. Um, and I mean, we talked about the Holocaust, obviously, no, compa- no comparison with a lot of these examples and what I went through, but just that fact of people, um, people's lives being completely ripped out from under them. And then how, what do you do with that to build um, to build something new. And I think what my therapist was saying was the key is this adaptability, which isn't really easy for me. I'm not super adaptable. I have like my own ways of doing things and like I want things to be a certain way. And it's hard um, to figure out how to adapt and to figure out how to carve out some space for myself to have a life that is as meaningful as I can make it, given the constraints of my illness. Um, and so we talked about living my values. Um, and, you know, we talked about, um, like, th- what I care about in terms of, like, having a life that's full of just um, vibrancy and... Um, experiences like good and bad and emotions good and bad and just like a a rich meaningful life and how I could still achieve that um and work to achieve that um even as I'm sick and maybe there are even some ways that I by not um by being sick in some ways there are some of those values that I can explore in ways that I wouldn't have been able to perhaps if I was healthy um so seeing it kind of as like an opportunity also to as much as there's loss but there's also opportunity to learn kind of certain coping skills that I maybe wouldn't have gotten a chance to learn or experience like the depth of certain emotions that I maybe wouldn't have been able to experience if I kind of allow myself to access them um so yeah that was all really helpful um I'm trying to see what else we talked about. Not being reactive to pain. Um, again, not to not to physical pain, but not being reactive to discomfort or fatigue you just you know you accept that it's happening but you don't have to make it worse by then having you know getting upset that it's happening or um yeah just being enmeshed with the fact that it's happening um losing a version of yourself and building a new version um finding small ways to reclaim parts of myself like not going through 
black and white kind of thinking where it's like, well, before I could have had all the stuff and now I can't have any of this stuff. You know, there might still be ways that I can, um, you know, like achieve things like achievement was really important to me. So maybe I can't practice Spanish like one or two hours a day like I was trying to do, but maybe I can practice like 15 minutes a day um, or 10 minutes a day. Um, you know, I can still focus on connecting with other people. Um, which is one of the things that is most important to me. I can still focus on growth and changing some of my ways of approaching the world and facing some of my fears. And those are all things that are important to me and that I can face and do while I'm sick. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think it it made me hopeful. Um <clears throat> even as it was really sad to like really face what, um, you know, just the reality, I guess, of what I've lost in a way that like I just haven't faced before, which is just like shocking that in like 10 years of dealing with this, like I probably know, I don't, I mean, I might've, but I don't remember like ever really crying about um, just like the fact that like the way of the life I thought I was going to have was just completely like gone because I always feel like, Oh, it's not so bad. You know, I don't, I'm not in pain. I have my family. I have, you know, a loving home. My parents take care of me. I'm on a moment to moment basis. Like I'm not feeling terrible as long as I don't do anything. So it feels like I don't really have anything to complain about kind of, um, which is like objectively like really wrong because obviously like there's so much I can't have because I'm sick. Um, and I think in a way I've kind of given up on wanting a lot of those things because I'm too, like the idea of working a job, like I'm too tired to want to even do that, you know? So all I want to do is rest. And when I, so I don't know. And, and then I am allowed to rest. So I kind of get what I want. Um, I don't know. It's hard to remember when I was like, healthy and like ambitious I don't know I'm just trying to think more about that I don't know yeah and just generally I would really like to I really don't think I'm very emotional um and I don't know why and I, I really wish my emotions were more like available to me kind of at the surface so I think I'm kind of hoping that the illness combined with the therapy will kind of crack me open in a way and make me, instead of being so in my head, just like let me be more with my feelings. Um, yeah. So that was the last therapy session. Um, I'm trying to think what else I can share. All right, friends, um, I just, sorry, <laughs> I just re-listened to everything that I recorded today, and it is kind of rambly, and sometimes it's hard to follow the thread, but I think I'm going to post it anyways, because I do think some of the reflections on chronic illness are valuable, and maybe will be helpful to other people who are struggling with the same thing, Um and yeah, I'll just put that out there. 
And yeah, I'm going to go hopefully talk to my brother um, and celebrate his birthday with him via Zoom. So I will talk to you all later. Bye.